Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. I'm excited to, to, to speak to you today in, in light of this title uh, of Breakthrough. Uh, I, I want to share with you, this is, just, just humor me on this for a moment. So uh, Jesus and Peter, they were playing some golf. And they were playing with two other guys. And, uh, and so Peter hits it. It's a par four. There's some water hazard. And Peter hits it right into the water. And Jesus is like, man, I, I bet you I could, I could make it over that little pond. And Peter's like, yeah, no way. So Jesus hits it, and it goes into the water. So Jesus says, oh, not, not a problem. He goes out walking on the water, right? Wouldn't that be awesome as a son of God? Go walking on the water, look, pop the little golf ball up. And, and, and a gentleman looks, and he says, one of the guys playing with him says, man, who does that guy think he is, Jesus? Peter said, no, Tiger Woods. Come on, how many guys need a breakthrough in your golf game this year? Anybody? No. All right. Uh, I just had to. I, I, was, I was praying this morning, and that joke came to me. So I said, all right, something must be, uh, something, it must tickle somebody. Uh, but I'm excited to, to jump into this new series entitled Breakthrough. And I want to speak to you today uh, just around this idea of if you snooze, you lose. If you snooze, you lose. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you as we enter into this new year, God. We want to do it uh, seeking you first. We want to do it uh, putting you um, in the place of priority in our life. And I just pray that as we open up your word today, God, that you would speak clearly to us. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would not leave here the same. Uh, I thank you so much for uh, enduring my corniness. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you still use foolish things of the world to confuse the wise. And so, Lord, I, I thank you that uh, you're going to meet everybody specifically today. Um, and I just ask that you would cut us to the heart in such a real way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as we launch into this, this new series of Breakthrough, I think um, it's, it's important that we understand as we enter into the new year or we get a better perspective of who the Savior is. We get a better glimpse, a, better, a deeper revelation uh, of who he is and what he's all about. And our theme verse for, uh, for this series is going to come out of Micah chapter 2. Micah chapter 2. And it says, the one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gates and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. We serve a God that's able to break through. And the imagery here in Micah was these guys were in a fortified city needing to break out. And the Lord was going to lead the way. And I believe that there are areas in our hearts and our lives today that um, that God is going to begin to reveal. Some you may not even know, areas you may not even realize you need a breakthrough, but I believe God is going to begin to speak to you even as we um, move through this message. And so I need you to know that we serve a God who's able to break through. We serve a God of the breakthrough. And, and breakthrough is kind of a, it's, it's a kind of a churchy word. It's, it's gained a lot of popularity over the years. Breakthrough, break, yeah, right? But what is a breakthrough? Let, let me show you. A simple definition for breakthrough simply is this, is a sudden and dramatic advance. A sudden and dramatic advance. Now, now we see breakthroughs happen in society all the time, in culture. We see medical breakthroughs. How many of you guys know over the last 10 years we've seen technology breakthroughs? 
We've seen scientific breakthroughs, and the list goes on. There's so many different areas. It's where there's a sudden and dramatic advance. We were here, but now all of a sudden we're in a completely different territory. We were stuck in one place, and now we were able to break through or advance into a a brand new area. We're able to see from a a different perspective. We're able to experience from a whole uh, different reality. And, And I think a lot of people around this time of year, obviously, as Jackie was saying, that People are looking for breakthrough. I mean, New Year's resolutions is, is the, the big thing that everybody's talking about right now. It's so funny. We do this every year. Every year we're setting goals. Like there are people that are contending for breakthroughs. Let me show you the top ones that I found this year. So, and I looked up a bunch of different sites, and they all pretty much had the same core. People want breakthrough in their health. They want breakthrough financially. Some said, this was a real popular one. I want breakthrough in my sleep. I want to sleep more. Now, my first thought was, my first thought was, man, people are lazy these days. But then my second thought was, it's probably because there's so much anxiety they can't sleep. They want to find love. They want to travel. How many guys want to travel? You want to know something incredible? About four weeks ago now, I got a text message from a pastor by the name of Robert Stearns, who's highly connected in Israel. And I got a text from uh, his ministry and says, hey, you have a full ride to Israel at the end of January. Do you want to go? We get to meet with government officials, religious leaders. It's going to be incredible. Can't believe it. So I said, uh, Jack, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm in. Uh, but people want new jobs, a new job. So people want to find a different career. They, they want new friends. But I, I want to propose a thought to you this morning. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. That what if... The breakthrough you want wasn't the breakthrough you need. What if the breakthrough you wanted or you want isn't the breakthrough that you actually need? Because you know how it feels. There's a moment that comes, I think, in every American's life where you have this idea of, I want a new car. And it's always expensive. Like, there's no such thing as a cheap car anymore, right? I mean, even the... The, the beat-up ones are expensive. It just seems like, man, what in the world? And then they get you on the interest and all that stuff, but, but you sit in that new smell, and ooh, you can picture yourself rolling, right? Come on, you know, it, it just feels like your life would be a little bit more put together if you had, you know, a car that smelled good on the inside. <laughs> With kids, that is impossible. My car smells like spoiled milk. We can't even figure out where it is. We think it's the car seats, but we're, we're still not sure. Uh, so we're like, beat it up. It's okay. It just never works with kids. But then all of a sudden, we want that. We're like, man, I just need this new car. But then all of a sudden, we find out that that's what we wanted, but what we really needed was an affordable payment, right? Or no car payment at all. And so we get that car. We're like, yes. But, but then about you know, a year later, like, man, I'm going to downsize. You know, it just wasn't what. I need it. Or, or this is a big one this year, you know, health and the gym. Everybody wants to work out, right? I'm the, I am that guy that, that does this every single year, and it's like I go for a little bit, and then it drops off, and then I come back on, and I'm really gung-ho, and then I drop off. If the gym is hard. But what I've noticed is sometimes we think, I just need to work out more. I just want to get in shape. This is how I'm going to lose weight. And I just need to be at the gym. When in reality, that may be what you want, but what you really need is to change your diet, right? Because that changed. So I've been really good on the diet, and I just haven't been so good on the gym, man. But hey, it's like, you know, apples, oranges, it's all good. Uh, but but some, maybe the breakthrough this year that you want isn't necessarily the breakthrough that you need. 
You want to know what's so incredible to me is out of all this research I was doing on Google, uh, I didn't see much spiritual resolutions. And if they were, they were kind of cute ones. I'm going to read like a page of my Bible every day, right? All right, that's cool, God. That's a good one. That's good. Right? I'm just going to, I'm going to up my devotional life five minutes, right? Just, okay. Well, you guys don't seem to be very, is that some of your goals? All right. You guys don't seem to be very, that was supposed to be funny, but apparently that didn't go over well. Uh, continue to move on, first service. Wake up. Uh, and so, so but, it, but it's almost, the, the feeling that I got was this, is we're going to give all of these other things our pursuit and just give God a little bit on the side. Opposed to giving God our entire pursuit and allowing him to speak into all these other areas. Because how many of you guys know when God speaks into different areas, when God gives you revelation in certain areas, what you can accomplish um, with him is a whole lot more than you can accomplish without him. Are you guys tracking with me on that? And, and so, so I wonder if this year we just, we had this, this heartbeat, we had this pursuit of God that, that would exemplify what Jesus talked in the Gospel of Matthew, what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew. Look what he said. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Another translation says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, this is a passage that is on coffee cups and T-shirts. Um, Christians say this all the time, but really think of the gravity how would life be different if you would seek first the kingdom of God above all else? Like, how would 2019 look differently if that was your pursuit? Well, if we're going to do that, we have to understand what this means. So let me break down this word seek to you. Let me show you what it means in the Greek. It's the word zeto, and it, and it means to properly seek by inquiring, to investigate, I love this, to reach a binding terminal resolution. To search, getting to the bottom of the matter. So in other words, it's, God's not just saying, oh, seek, like a little cute seek. No, he's saying, God is saying, dig, pursue, like search. Right? Look, at, look at the wording, investigate, inquire. Listen, until you get a revelation, until you get a deep understanding, until you get to the bottom of the matter, whatever that particular area of life or, or whatever thing that you're facing or you're going to face, if we would seek first the kingdom, investigate till it becomes such a reality in your life, and then he gives us that promise that all these other things will be added to you. Because what ends up happening is we seek God first. All of a sudden, God begins to speak into these other areas. God gives us wisdom in ways that you and I could have never figured out on our own. God begins to change us from the inside out. So it doesn't just become resolutions of behavior modification. It becomes a heart transformed that radically changes your behavior. Because, I mean, when you really think about it, that's, that's what we're all striving for. We know that there are areas that we need our behavior to shift, but maybe it's not our behavior we need to start with, but with our heart. And that's only transformed by seeking first the kingdom of God. And so I think a lot of times, uh, I think a lot of times when it comes to seeking God, it's easy to neglect him in light of pursuing what we would call our best life. That, that's the, the lingo now. I'm living my best life. 
living my best life on Instagram and Facebook. What up, y'all? I'm, on, I'm living, my be- living my best life. Everybody is in pursuit of living their best life. But, but here's what's so interesting. Many times it's so easy to neglect God in pursuit of trying to live our best life when in reality God knows what we need more than we do, even though we may not want what he has to offer, it's truly what we need. It's truly what's going to bring satisfaction. This is the good news of the gospel. This, this, this is it. And, and I think this drops us right into the heart of our text today, right into the heart of our text, because we love to run away from God in so many different areas. We love to, to pursue our best life while neglecting him, thinking it's our best life, but it's an oxymoron. It, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, I, I was talking to... Uh, I was talking to, uh, uh, I got to speak at a conference this last week, and we were talking about this idea of surrender. And surrender is just not a word that we love. And a lot of times the way that God breaks things down for us doesn't make sense. Like God knows what we need, and he says, this is what you really need. But on the surface, we're like, that doesn't really make sense. You know, when he says things like, lose your life and you'll find it. How do you... uh, I'm supposed to pursue my best life. He's like, no, if you lose it and you seek first my kingdom, everything's going to open up. But it doesn't seem to make sense. And I don't think it made sense to Jonah. And we're going to drop right into our text here in Jonah chapter 1. We're going to be looking at Jonah's life over the next couple of weeks. And this is now the word of the Lord. How many of you guys know when God speaks, you should probably lean in. When God speaks to you, you should probably lean in. When you open up your Bible, you should lean in to what God is saying. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amadi, saying, Arise, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Continue. It goes on to say, Jonah, however, got up and fled to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Like, Jonah, what are you doing? He went down to Joppa and found a ship bound for Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went aboard to sail for Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Of the Lord. Jonah said, I'm going in the complete opposite direction of Nineveh. Because, Lord, that is not my best life. You want me to go and do what? Now, you got to understand the people of Nineveh, they terrorized the people of Israel, brutalized them, murdered them. This was not, this, this was not a, a, you know, this is not a sweet little mission trip that God is calling Jonah to. And Jonah knew God so well. This this is what blows my mind. Jonah knew God so well. We find out later in Jonah's story, he knew that if he went there, the people would repent, and he didn't want them to. He knew that if he went there and preached the word of God, that many would respond to God's grace and mercy, and he did not want that. He wanted them to suffer. You've made us suffer, and you want me to go and give them grace? That is not my best life. And so he runs away from the presence of God because it doesn't make any sense. Why or how in the world would that be my best life, to go and preach to the people of Nineveh? Remember, God knows what we need, even though we may not want that. He knows. And and I think if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. I think many times we don't experience breakthrough because we are running from God when we should be running after him. 
I think we wonder why we're stuck in the same place over and over, bound for year after year after year. Many times it's just simple. It's just, it's just a simple case of we've been running from God when we should be running after him. That's not every case, so don't, don't hear me say that. But I'm saying a lot of times there's areas that God is calling us to, that God is calling us to deal with, and we're just like, no way. No, that is not my best life, Lord. See ya, Tarshish. Getting on the boat. I need a cruise. That's my best life. Come on, how many guys could use a cruise right now? Let's be honest in the house of God, right? Yes. I just, I want to run away from the presence of God. I don't want to do that. It's not my best life. You know, one of the things that I've learned is that in life, God's presence can go a whole lot further than my performance. Let me say that one more time. I've learned in my life that God's presence can go a whole lot further than my performance. I'm that guy that always tries to perform. It's like, okay, God, I know you're here, but let me just, I got to create this. I got to, and God's like, no, come over here. Be with me. Spend time with me. And I'm like, I will, but I'm creating this stuff for you. So, you know, but every single time in my life, God's presence always goes a whole lot further than my performance. When I commune with God, he creates something that I would never be able to create on my own. It just works so much better with God. You know, I I had a, a dream a couple of weeks back. You know, you have, uh, I'm not one of those dreamers. Like, I don't have, you know, God doesn't speak to me in dreams all the time. But this was super profound. And it was, it, was, it was really startling and troubling. You know, you wake up from some dreams, you're like, oh, gosh. It was one of those dreams. So I, I, was, I was preaching on a platform at this prominent pastor's church. And there was just, it was like a huge crowd. And, and it was like a preacher's nightmare. So I got up there with my Bible, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out where I was going. I was like, uh, 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 open up your Bibles. Uh, uh, like zero clarity. And so I'm struggling. And, it's, and this, is how, this is how bad it felt. Like I'm looking at the clock and it's, it's been 10 minutes already. I still don't know where I'm going. Right? Everybody's just, and in the dream, it was like nobody was encouraging. They're just staring at me. And I'm like, all right, guys, we're almost there. Getting there. Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, I still have no clue where I'm going. I'm like, and I woke up and the Lord said so clearly to me, without me, you're nothing. You're nothing. And it, the interesting thing is from the Lord, I know when he's rebuking me, but, but the sense that I got was, was it, it was, it was, it was, it put the fear of God inside of me is what it did. I felt like Jacob, like my hip got popped out, and I just went straight to worship. Like, oh, God, did I do something wrong? Like, what? But, but I, I sense what the Lord is saying is, listen, the, the greater the platform, the, the greater dependence. Like you, we, we can't get comfortable in relying on our performance. We need the presence of God. We need to rely and to depend upon him. Because can I just tell you, as you're approaching 2019, there are a lot of stages and platforms in your life that God has for you. There's platforms of relationships that you're trying to figure it out. There's platforms financially. There's platforms career-wise. There's, there's all these different platforms that, that, that you have been placed upon. And the temptation is, I'm going to perform rather than seek. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure it all out on my own. I'm going to try to fix this. I'm going to try to maneuver this. I'm going to try to get out of this. When God is saying, listen, no matter what platform you're on, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Apart from me, it will never amount to any eternal significance. And we want it to mean something. I don't know about you. I want my marriage to mean something. Like, I, I, I want to be a great dad. I do want to be in good health. But it's, it's amazing. As we begin to seek God first, as we begin to put him in that place of priority, God's going to talk to me about my body. He's going to talk to me about my finances. But we have to let him into those spaces. But apart from him, we can do nothing. So to top it all off, have this dream. So now I'm speaking at a conference this last week. And uh, Pastor Jerry Dearman was one of the speakers. I was so honored to be like, you know, preaching uh, alongside of him, being at the same conference. He's the one who does all of our OSL stuff, those of you guys who have been through OSL. And, and he's preaching. He's just, he just gets up there and it's just the presence of God, the weight of God's word. It's just one, just sit there and talk to me for as long as you want, right? And, and, he, and he starts sharing about one of his mentors. One of his mentors is in Uganda. He, he built, at the time, was one of the largest churches, an uh, auditorium that seat, seated 50,000 people. Now it's like four times over, uh, four services on a weekend. And he said he built it $200 million debt-free. And he said that the Lord shared with him a passage out of, out of Deuteronomy that spoke about obedience. That spoke about, listen, if, if you will lift me up, if you will obey me. I, I forgot the exact passage. I should probably have it for next service. But it's out of Deuteronomy. And basically what the Lord was telling him, if you will honor me, there's a place for you at the top. But there's a price of obedience. There's a price of obedience. And, and then he goes on to say, and then he, he said these words, because apart from him, you can do nothing. And I'm like, oh, gosh, right? Oh, I hear you, God. I hear you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But listen, we, many times we know what we should do in certain areas. We even know what we should do spiritually. Those of you who have been in church for a while, maybe you're brand new to church and you're like, man, what in the world is going on here? We are so grateful that you're here. And, but you can identify with the struggle, too, of knowing something you ought to do but not doing it. Paul talks about this struggle, the Apostle Paul. And I don't know if it gets any, any more spiritual than the Apostle Paul. I mean, the guy is like... Like, loves Jesus, abandoned his life to follow him. I mean, the Apostle Paul was the man. But he still had a struggle inside. In Romans chapter 7, we, we see that he, he, he always says, he was saying things like, man, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I, I don't want to do, I do. Like, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thank be to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul was describing a fight on the inside of him. He was describing a, a, a little bit of a wrestle that he was battling with, that he was dealing with. And so because of that, because there's this fight, because there's this pull, and, and, and Jonah is facing it in this moment, God is calling him to one thing, but he's running away. And, and we, we start to see something that I believe for many of us, what ends up happening is we don't, when we ignore the Lord and we don't deal with the things that we're supposed to deal with, we fall asleep. We fall asleep. So if we're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. How are we going to experience breakthrough this year? Well, if you're taking notes, jot this down. We have to make sure that we're not sleeping when we should be seeking. I know it's corny and it rhymes and stuff, but I think it paints a great picture. Make sure you're not sleeping when you should be seeking. Look what, look what happens to Jonah. It goes on to say that the Lord hurled a violent wind upon the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship was in danger of breaking apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load, but Jonah had gone down. Everybody say down. 
into the lowest part of the vessel where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. Everybody say sleep. Everybody say deep sleep. So Jonah fell into a deep sleep. A storm is raging because of him. Tons of people are being impacted. He doesn't care. And he goes down just to hide in the lowest part of the ship. I thought, man, there's, there's got to be more here. You know what's so good? It's not just to read your Bible, but to study it. And when you get down to this deep sleep, this word sleep, it actually means in the Hebrew to deafen oneself. To so isolate yourself that you cannot hear any sound. Almost like that deep despair where people just shut themselves off from the world and just say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Listen, there are so many things that we may want to pursue this New Year's. But what about the stuff we don't want to hear? And God's saying, yeah, that's, let's deal with that this year. You're like, no, Tarshish. That is not from God. Can't hear you. Deep sleep. God forbid that we, that's really scary to so deafen yourself where not only you can't hear the Lord, you can't hear the cries of people, you can't hear anything except, can I just say this, can I just say this and just forgive me, but your selfishness of just huddling down and saying, no, deep sleep. And this is, this is my concern for us as we enter into this new year. If you're taking notes, jot this down is that many times we don't experience breakthrough because breakthrough don't happen. They don't happen because we need them. They happen because we seek them. Like there's so many people that are in need of a breakthrough, but not a lot of folks want to pursue that. See, Jonah just said, nope, I'm going to deafen my ear to all of this stuff. I'm not going to deal with the things that I know I need to deal with. I know what God is saying. Who cares? I'm going into a deep sleep. Away. Don't want to deal with it. I don't want to seek a breakthrough even though I need one. The tragedy is as many people will be sleepwalking all year in need of so many breakthroughs but refuse to seek because they're asleep. But see, I love the contrast between Jonah and David. Both found themselves in storms. But I love what David says in Psalms chapter 77. Look what he says. He says, when I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. Like, what, what a different perspective. David's in distress. He doesn't sleep. He seeks. David's in a point of tension, and it's, he needs a breakthrough, but the way he pursues it is not by going into the lowest part and deafening himself to everything. He says, nope, I sought the Lord, and I stretched untiring hands. Like, I just stretched out my hands, untiring. You know, anybody ever try to worship for a long time with your hands up? Right, those of you guys who are Christian, right, raise your hand. Then, then the, the, the worship leader keeps telling you, keep your hands up. And you're like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, can I? Then you put one down so you can get a little rest, right, because we get tired. But David says, untiring hands, I am pursuing you, Jesus. I am pursuing you, God, and I refuse to be comforted. Now, you know how, you know how life works. A lot of times you think like, as past, like us pastors, we just have this easy, you know, life. 
God just like, we float on a cloud somewhere, and it's just like, I mean, I just told you I had an attitude with my wife before service. Like, what pastor does that? That's that's horrible, right? Um, But I repented, so it's good. It's clear it's behind me as far as the east is from the west. It's no longer uh, in this vicinity. Um, Right, man? but 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 get get the, get this picture get this picture for a minute. Uh, we we were going to speak at this conference. We got up there Thursday night, right? We take off. We grab some In and Out. We head to to the conference. I want to hear Pastor Jerry speak. Jer- Pastor Jerry's getting ready to speak. Both my kids start throwing up, and then Hannah gets diarrhea. Right? Only Abby are throwing up, and Hannah's running around and has the runs, all at one time. I was like, devil, no, not today. We are at it. No, this is not happening. We were shunning the bow time, praying, and, uh, and they just kept throwing up. So long story short, <laughs> Jackie did all the hard work, uh, got the kids back to the house uh, while I sat and received the word of God. Um, <laughs> such a, I'm telling you, I'm not a good husband sometimes. Um, I'm doing a lot of repenting these days. But, but uh, the next, all night, so we're all night. I mean, it was... And I'm thinking, we got a big day tomorrow. Speaking tomorrow, we got, you know, we're going to be around some leaders. Like, we, and just throwing up all night and our hearts just breaking for our kids. You know, that it, it's, it's that one where there's nothing left in them. And they're just, and that, that whole night, like, you listen, we had a peace that God was going to work everything out. But we refused to be comforted. We were up all night with our hands lifted. Praying over those babies, tending to them, caring for them, waking up with them. You know, we lay down for, for just a couple of minutes. The next thing you know, bah, I mean, it was just there was no rest. But listen, there's no way we could be peaceful but not content we, or, or, or not satisfied. We can be peaceful but not comforted. Why? Because we were contending. Can I just tell you that there are some sick areas of your life that need tending to? There are some sick areas that you've just went to sleep. And they're like, tend to me. Like, like, come on. Like, wake up. Don't you see I'm hurting? I'm sick. I'm... These areas are crying out. Some, so, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you on what those areas are. Because I could list off a ton. But you know what they are. And the Lord is saying, listen, don't be comfortable. Like, listen, you know I'm going to work everything out. Yeah, but you've got to tend to these things. You got to deal with them because they're sick. I think some of us this year, we we may not receive a breakthrough because we're too tired and we're too comfortable. Too tired and too comfortable. You thought you were coming to like, oh, it's the first of the year, and I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Hey, because listen, I don't want you to have a fabricated breakthrough. I don't want you to go through 2019 and it's it's a it's a it's a facade breakthrough. Yeah, I'm good, good, really not, not dealing with anything in my life, but I'm amazing. God is so faithful. We don't want to live that kind of a life. It, it reminds me of, of Jesus asking his disciples to pray for an hour. He, he told his disciples, you couldn't even tarry with me one hour. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. All the disciples fall asleep while he's contending. And I thought, you know what's so interesting about that particular moment is when the authorities came to get Jesus, he was the only one that stayed the course. Everybody else scattered. Everybody else scouted. One was saying, man, listen, I know it's going to be for the better good, but I refuse to be comforted. I refuse to sleep. I'm going to stretch out my hands and continue to, to contend. And now, 
I say all that to say is both Jonah and David constantly found themselves in these storms, but there's a huge contrast. Jonah would sleep, David would seek. So let me give you another picture of David just for a moment. Look at this passage with me in 1 Chronicles. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, it was a new year. It was a new season. David finally got anointed king after running from Saul. His life in danger, tons of battles, but it's a new year. Right? David had been anointed king over Israel, but then guess what they did? They mobilized all their forces to capture him. It was like, yeah, great new year. The Philistines are like, yep, mobilize and let's get David. Can I just breathe for a moment? But David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. I love David. David didn't run from the battle. He's, all right, I hear you coming for me. Let's go get, let's let's go meet him. I know I'm king, but no time for comfort because there's a battle to be fought. There's, there's, There's a breakthrough to be had. And the Philistines arrived and made a raid in the valley of Rahim. So David asked God. Now, David was a military guy. David had fought several battles. David knew what to do. But he knew God's presence would go a whole lot further than his performance. He knew that, his, that, that God's presence goes a whole lot further than his performance. So what did David do? When he needed a breakthrough, he didn't sleep. He sought. And he asked God. I mean, how simple is that? Should I go and fight the Philistines? Can I just ask you how many times in just practical everyday life are you simply asking God what to do? I think if we counted our hands, I counted on, our, on, our, on one hand, would we even get to one or two every day? Or do we just think our performance far outweighs his presence and that we can just figure it out in life? David being a military genius said, not a chance. I know better. I know that I'm just a mere man. And he says, so David asked God, should I go and fight the Philistines? And God said to, God said to David, yes, go. David blew it up. They went and had victory. And it says, so David and his troops went up to baal Perzim and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Look at this. Look at this wording. God did it. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood so that they named the place baal Perzim, which means the Lord who breaks through. The word Perzim in the Hebrew it means the possessor of the breaches. The owner of the breakthroughs. And David just, he got it. But it started with prayer. It all started with prayer. You may be asking, like, why do we talk about prayer so much around here? Because I don't think we can talk about it enough. God has not called us to be a church that prays, but a praying church. And when we look throughout history, prayer precedes breakthrough. Why? Because we're seeking first the kingdom of God. See, so many of our resolutions, we're seeking our kingdom. And they're all good stuff. I mean, your health and all all that stuff's great. But if all those things become idols at the cost of his presence then you're expecting those things to do something that they can, never, they can never do, and that's to satisfy. It's one thing to be a good steward. It's another thing to look for something to satisfy in a way that only God can. But it starts with prayer. Breakthrough starts with prayer.
So much so that a pagan captain on Jonah's ship, look what he says to Jonah. The captain approached him and said, how can you sleep? And I believe this is the word of the Lord for everybody here today. You don't have a captain, but you have a pastor that's saying, get up and call. Get up and call upon your God. Perhaps God will consider us so that we may not perish. This is a pagan captain. He doesn't even know the living God. He's saying, hey, Joe, get up. Can I just say, man, there are some things that God is using in our life to say, get up and call. Like, go out to battle. No sleepwalking this year. No sleepwalking in 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we serve a God who's able to break through. So don't deafen your ear to his voice. Don't fall into a deep sleep. And let's get on our face. Let's cry out to God. Hey, if you're new, you might be saying, whoa, what, I've never heard a prayer like this. Can I just tell you, it's so simple. You just need to be available. You just need to get an understanding that his presence can go a whole lot further than your performance. And when you do that, God will be a priority. I'm not going to have to persuade you. Because when you get a revelation of who he is, I, I, I told at, at the conference, I, 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 told, uh, I told them, that the depth of revelation we have of the Savior will determine the depth of our surrender. We, when we have a greater revelation of who he is, guys, I'm not going to have to persuade you. The only logical, reasonable solution is to go all in and surrender. Surrender it all. And so, so here, here's what I'm asking you to do very practically. Today, we start 21 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow. 21 days of fasting and prayer. What does that mean? What do, what do we do? We're going to, remember, let me just remind you what fasting is. Fasting just simply disconnects us from the things of the world. There's several different types of fasts you can choose from. It can be food. It can be media, as Pastor Chris said. But fasting simply disconnects us from the world, and prayer connects us to the things of God. So this is what I want you to do. This is the next step. Next step, if you're taking notes, jot this down. Just select your fast. You say, I don't know what fast to do. I don't even know about this. I'm brand new to this thing. We get it. That's why we prepare. Let me show you on the screen. If you go to our website, we have types of fast, complete fast, selective fast, partial fast, media fast, guide to prayer and fasting, seven basic steps to prayer and fasting. Need prayer, we got you. Like we've done all our we've done our best to lay it out so clear for you because listen, we're not prayer and we're not just doing 21 days of prayer and fasting because it's it's we're we're programming. No, we're pursuing. We're saying, God, we're gonna seek you. First, with the first fruits of our year, we're going to seek your wisdom. We're going to seek your counsel. We're going to seek your guidance. We're going to seek your kingdom first. We're going to seek you first. We're not going to start the year sleeping. So I want you to select your fast. The second thing is this, is I want you to join me in a one-hour prayer challenge. I want you, listen, I'm sorry. Because I think the last time I did a message on prayer, it's like, hey, Start with five minutes. And I believe in that. But I just feel like God is saying, you got to call them to a, something so much greater than that. So I thought an hour is a, is a great step. You might be saying, I don't even pray for two minutes. Like, what am I going to pray for for an hour? This is what I want you to do. This is what I felt like the Lord say, is I want you to develop a rhythm of prayer throughout your day. So I, I want you to take this hour in 15-minute increments, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at your lunch break, 15 minutes at home. If you, if you have a family, do it together. 
and then 15 minutes right before you hit the the pillow. Do it standing up so you don't fall asleep. But I want you to begin to, so you don't have to do it all at one time. If you just like, no, I want to do it all, I pray for three hours every day. Well, add an extra one then. Let it be a challenge to you to say, I'm going to pursue you, God, because I believe, I believe that you are the God of the breakthrough. I believe that you are the God who breaks through. Now, if you're saying, I don't know about this prayer thing, I'm new to this, I can't. Let me leave you with the words of Charles Spurgeon. He said this. He said, not to pray because you don't feel like fit to praying is like saying I will not take medicine because I'm too ill. Not to pray because you do not feel fit to pray is like saying I will not take medicine because I'm too ill. Just start. It's just talking to God. Listen, we have everything laid out for you. Uh, We have a 21-day prayer guide, so to give you a kind of a gauge to start with. But don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. Put it on your calendar. Make sure you're here because we're we're gonna continue in this series And I believe that God is going to reveal some things. you got to understand, we're not just going through surface breakthrough stuff. Like, I want you to experience life-transforming breakthrough this year. And it only comes by his presence. It won't come by our performance. Not the breakthrough that we really need. Not just in our lives, but in this land, in this region, and to the ends of the earth.